Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Ministries podcast. Today, what I want to talk about, even as I finish that last podcast and just praying for us and reminding us that if Jesus weren't raised, we would be still in our sins and we would be without hope, without hope about death, right? That is there any victory over death? Is death it? Is death the end? And well, three weeks ago, I did a funeral for a good friend of mine, died suddenly of a heart attack and really just so hard to lose him. His name is Mike Bourgeois, wonderful Mercedes mechanic, but just a good friend. And his wife and three sons have known them for a long time. It was a good day to celebrate Mike's life, but at the same time, always hard because we miss those whom we love. But there's something about funerals that causes everyone to have to think about death and is there really life after death? And oftentimes we'll talk about, well, will we really see them again? You know, that question actually pops up in so many different places, right? In a movie, in a book, in conversation, sometimes in church, especially at a funeral where there's almost this sense like, well, we hope it's true. We think it's true. We wish it's true. Is there any certainty, though, that this isn't just made up? I mean, there's a lot of people that just think, well, you die and you stay dead and it's over and that's it. There is no life after death, and other religions have various thoughts about life after death. So here in our Christian faith, we're saying, well, yeah, we believe there is life after death. I don't know if some of you remember, but it wasn't so long ago there was this book called Heaven is Real about this little boy, Colton Burpo, who at three years old had a near-death experience, and he began to tell his mom and dad things about their family that he could have never known and claim to have seen them in heaven. I also have a really good friend, met him back in the early 90s. His name is Ian McCormick. There actually is a movie that came out about his story called Glimpse of Eternity. It's also his website, Glimpse of Eternity. It's one of the most fascinating, wonderful, and I am certain true stories of someone who was very much dead, stung by five box jellyfish, and also became a Christian moments before his death, remembering the Lord's prayer and that his mother prayed for him, but he encounters the Lord and eventually comes back. I am sure his story is true. You can check it out for yourself. It's an awesome story, and it really will bless your heart in so many ways. But again, my point of bringing up heaven is real and glimpse of eternity is simply to say that there's a lot of fascination out there. People want to know. People are curious. Is there really life after death? Could these guys really be telling the truth? Have they seen Jesus? Have they seen heaven? Have they seen people whom we love? Well, in the long run, when it's all about relationship, when life really is about loving and being loved, isn't that the thing we want to know most? Will we still see those whom we love? Will we enjoy relationship with them again? I think all of us want to know, can we have full confidence in this? Because that would matter to all of us. We would definitely want the joy of that reunion again. Well, consider what Jesus said. Instead of thinking about what Ian McCormick said or Colton Burpo said or anybody else has said, and even all the other views out there that there isn't uh, heaven, etc., let's listen to Jesus. John eleven twenty five. some of you might remember these words that Jesus spoke to Martha 
after Lazarus had died and on his way to go raise Lazarus, actually, but she didn't know. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then here's the key question to her and to all of us. Do you believe this? Remember last week, I talked about the fact that Jesus made incredible claims. Can we trust him? Can we believe him? And the resurrection gives us every reason to do so. Well, here is another one of those claims. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Well, there you have it. Jesus flat out says, look, if you believe in me, your body may die, but you will live. And you will live forever. You will never die. You will live forever, he says. Do you believe this? Well, Martha does answer in the affirmative. But Jesus is saying that if we believed in him, we will live. Even though our bodies die, we live. And we won't just live on for a certain length of time anymore. We will live and never die. Well, it's not just this one statement, though. I, over the years, especially when I've had to do so many funerals over the course of my lifetime and ministry, there was a few other verses, though, that words of Jesus that also really, really encouraged my heart. Remember at the very end, before he dies, he's doing some final teaching. And there's this religious group, the Sadducees, who don't believe in the resurrection. And so they try to entrap him in a question. And we pick it up here where he answers saying, the people of this age, meaning this life right now, people right now marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy, again, those of us who believe, those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come, Paul refers to our present time as the present evil age. Remember, even Ephesians, he says that Jesus, far above all rule and authority, in this age and in the age to come. There is an age to come. There is another time coming. So, Jesus said, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they can no longer die for they are like the angels, not meaning we become angels, but that we live eternally as the angels do. He says they, or we, are God's children, since they, or we, are children of the resurrection. But now listen to this. But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, for he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. Isn't that great? He is the God of Abraham. He still is Abraham's God and Isaac's God and Jacob's God and my grandparents' God and my mother's God and all those whom we know and love, he is still their God. And in his presence, they are alive. Even in the negative side, in Luke 13, 
Jesus was talking about those who would come to the, the banquet, and some would be accepted and some would not. And he said, there will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. He flat out says, you're going to see them. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the prophets, and I assume everybody else can't wait to meet some of these guys. Consider this. Remember what's called the transfiguration when Jesus went up on the mount with the three guys and suddenly he was changed before them. It says, there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah. So we know that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are there. Now we know Moses and Elijah are there. And they can be recognized. Folks, I don't care what Ian McCormick or Colton Burpo or what any other religion or philosopher or atheist has to say. Jesus, Jesus who was raised from the dead, who came from God, who was sent from God, who could only say the things that God told him to say, says that they are alive. Hallelujah. That ought to do something for your soul, folks. Like me, I know you have people whom you love who died. They are very much alive and alive in a way that you know them by name and can recognize them. Furthermore, Jesus said in John 14, 1-3, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. See, we don't just live on, but we go somewhere. There is a place. There's a place where Jesus is. There's a place where God is. We call it heaven. Here, Jesus calls it his Father's house. I don't know exactly what we should call it. All I know is there is a place, and there's a place that Jesus is, There's a place that he's preparing. There's a place that's big enough for all of us. And there's a place where those whom we love are already. And we're going to meet them. We're going to see them. We will have a reunion. In fact, think about it when Jesus said to the other two guys on the cross on either side of him and to one of the criminals, he says, today, you will be with me in paradise. Or consider these two lines from Paul, Philippians 1.23. Remember this crazy moment when he says, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And then he makes this crazy statement about, I don't know which one I want to choose, as though he were able to choose. <laughs> I mean, really, right? I mean, if you and I were standing here and we thought, okay, to be with Jesus or to stay? Hmm. And I could choose right now? I don't think I'd have much trouble choosing. Which Paul, in fact, does say, I desire to depart and be with Christ. But at the same time, he says, but being present is also Jesus, and I know you guys need me, so I'm really happy to stay here and continue serving you and serving the Lord. But the bottom line is, is he says he desires to depart with Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 5.8, he says, we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Now, That's the stuff I say often at a funeral, and especially that's about as much as I'll say because the funeral's talks are usually short. But how I want to finish today, though, and especially to lead into next time, is that then you have Paul say this, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, 
For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, there it is, down from heaven, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Folks, there's a mystery here. I can't go into the mystery when I'm doing a funeral, but I'm going to take a moment to go into the mystery with you. I actually went and asked my dad one day, said, Dad, this is a little confusing. How is it that we die and we depart to be with the Lord? How is it that other criminal was able to be in paradise? How is it that there are those who are in heaven identified by name, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Elijah? But then you speak about resurrection, that somehow there's this point in time that we are also still waiting for. When Jesus returns and the dead in Christ will rise and any of us who are left will rise, you understand when we talked about the resurrection of Jesus and when he says, though we die, yet shall we live. Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, didn't just go to the Father in spirit. Jesus was raised from the dead. He was not a ghost. He's not a zombie. Jesus physically was raised from the dead. Why is that important? Why do we need the resurrection? I mean, if we just die and depart and be with Jesus and we go to heaven, isn't that enough? Well, it's not, according to Paul, according to Jesus. Why would that be? See, because what it means to be human is that we are an embodied spirit. I've often said if we were a car and God says that I love the car and I'm going to resurrect the car and I'm going to save the car, but then the only thing that goes up is the engine, it's no longer a car. If our spirit alone goes to heaven but not our body, then we as humans are in fact then not raised as humans. We don't go on living as humans, but Jesus did. Jesus is presently still fully human and God, but he was a resurrected human and that our bodies matter to the Lord. It matters to the Lord and that's what I want to pick up with next time. But for today, the main question for today was, will we really see one another again? When we die, is there a place that we go to? Do we really live on? And will we see those whom we love? Will we be reunited with them? Well, I'm going to listen to Jesus because he was sent from God and he only spoke what God told him. And he tells us with absolute clarity and conviction that believing in him, when you die, you will live and we will recognize them. Just as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are still alive, so are those whom we love, who know Jesus, so will we see them and enjoy life with him forever. Folks, it is not a dream. It is not a wish. It is not a pie-in-the-sky hope. It is true. It is real. Lord, I pray for all of us that have lost friends, family members, people whom we really, really love. Father, I thank you with all my heart today that you, well, let us hear Jesus say it to us. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I've gone to prepare a place. I am with them. And you will come and join them and join me forever. This is not a lie. 
this is truth. You can trust Jesus. So Lord, again, I just pray, calm our hearts if those are grieving presently, still missing ones they love. I pray that you would infuse every heart today with confidence that because you are raised, we too are raised and we too live, and we will live with you and with those we love forever. Thank you, Lord. God bless you all and have a great rest of the day.